Hi, and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. Today on our show, we're going to talk truth about extraterrestrial John Kerry at the World Economic Forum. Clay Clark joins me to talk about CBDC, central bank digital currency, much more. It's going to be a great interview. And Soros's 131 million, at least that we could find, paid directly, directly to global media. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. You likely know the World Economic Forum is meeting there in Davos, Switzerland, and the place is filled with the ruling elite of the world. I had a picture, you know, I have so many clips today, I decided not to send this picture. There's a great picture of the airport uh, near Davos where all of these people dramatically concerned about climate change, hysterically concerned about climate change, a lineup of their private jets. I mean, we're talking dozens and dozens of massive gas-guzzling jets. Each of them, you know, they don't like carpool. They ride in together and they trot over in their private vehicles to be brought over to uh, the World Economic Forum meeting. The point being, they are the very the picture of the ruling elite. You know, do as I say, not as I do. But in any case, they I want to do a quick first five today about the things they're talking about. And I call the first five um, extra extraterrestrial John Kerry. He's being mocked for this little clip I'm going to play for you right now, uh, kind of roundly mocked, but he's speaking at the World Economic Forum about the, um, you know, about climate change and about how important this meeting is, these people who are gathered there in Davos. And I'm going to start, I just want to play this, we'll talk about later in the show also, after, after our, we talk about Clay Clark. I want to start with, just hear how John Kerry this self-important way which he describes himself and all the ruling elites who are lounging around at Davos. It really is important to be here. Let me try to settle down here and focus on the task at hand, if I can. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. It's alive. So how do we okay. get there? Well, the lesson I've learned in the last yeah, year Yeah, we're going to cut him off right there. Oh, oh, I see what you did. Excuse me, Emilio. So I had a second, and I did want to go with that. But so this is John Kerry in this little gathered room. It's a, you know, it's a subset of World Economic Forum people all sitting around talking about climate change, and he's a speaker, and he does the usual self-deprecating jokes at the beginning. He just, just, you know, he just radiates, radiates pomposity. But so he said that about this is this is a select group of course of which he's a member. Extraterrestrial. They're just like they're just dealing with this um, their amazing capacity to, you know, fix the world, and then to go on. Emilio had a second little clip from him. I want to quickly play that too. It's alive. So how do we get there? Well, the lesson I've learned in the last years, and I learned it as secretary and I've learned it since, reinforced in spades, is money, 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 money. Okay, that is actually one of the few honest things I've heard him say, although he doesn't mean money the way that I mean the criticism. The amazing thing about the World Economic Forum is it is governed by rule, it's all these people whom Nobody elected, to be really clear, no country in this world elected their, their representatives at the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum invites you know, the ruling elite types, they invite John Kerry, and they invite other people like him, but these aren't people who are elected as your members of Congress are, the Senate and the House in, the, in Washington, or in your state, your Senate and House, those people are elected and they're supposed to be able to pass laws within, hopefully, the confines of their jurisdiction. Nobody elected these people. And when you finish, I'll be telling you in a minute more about what they had to say 
about climate change and many other challenges the world faces. But I wanted to play that John Kerry clip in the beginning because his attitude about himself, about who these people are, these are the self-appointed, nobody elected ruling elite. They are the people who are, even though they don't have actual jurisdiction over any country, they are not recognized in America's constitution or by our federal laws as a source of lawmaking. And other countries also do not recognize them as a source of authority. The fact is, these are the ruling types who meet over there and their ideas are spread around and they're spread around within every country represented by that gathering. And the people come home from that and they're so far superior to everybody else because they've been rubbing elbows with other ruling class elite people and they come back to America or their, whether their home country is and they're bringing kind of the dictates, the, you know, the ruling elite's brilliance to their countries. The other quick uh, clip I wanted to play for you, uh, Al Gore was there, and I, I honestly, I almost feel embarrassed playing because he's just, his pomposity just bursts off of the screen. But quick clip, uh, this is also um, at the World Economic Forum, um, Al Gore talking about climate change. Let's quick play that one. Of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had, and we need have had, and we need to make some changes. Okay, I cut that off. He went on and on, but I want to make the point: two things about most of the data relating to climate change, which we've talked about in the show many, many times. There are mountains of data out there by authoritative, actual experts, climatologists, PhDs, who are trying to say there is no climate change emergency happening. The one I quote so often because it was so thoroughly argued was rule change to impose even more reporting requirements on American corporations and everybody who contracts with those corporations, kind of that spider web going out, controlling more and more people. And the regulation they're proposing was going to have massive uh, increase in the amount of uh, reporting you do, transparency, precisely how much CO2 was used, blah, blah, blah. And so they're looking, they are required by federal law to ask for public comment. There were two professors, one from MIT, one from Princeton. These are actual PhDs with years and years of research and study and, and education and teaching under their belts who submitted what was, um, I think, among the most extraordinary comments on SEC rule, any proposed rule, uh, ever to be submitted. And these two doctors basically went through 52 pages or 51 pages, I think it is, because I printed it out, of charts, data, diagram. Their summary statement at the very beginning says, essentially, there is no climate change emergency. There is no reason to cut back on CO2 emissions at all. In fact, more CO2 would be better. There is no reason at all to cut back on the use of fossil fuels. It's actually healthy for the environment and better to use fossil fuels and to have CO2 levels go up. And they also talk about the idea of the suffering that will happen in this world if we actually embrace the climate alarmist ideas. Back to Al Gore and closing it first. The, the, the World Economic Forum could be the whole show today. So much going on there that's just, not just illuminating, but really it's kind of uh, exposes so much of how the left thinks, which is we are here to rule you and you are here to be ruled. They have a segment on uh, central bank digital currency. Uh, in fact, they called it, uh, they have a panel on the great Crypto reset, which we'll talk about that with our guests in a moment. But closing out the first five, I want another uh, point on what Al Gore had to say. As as many climate alarmists do, he relies on predictions, on statements that aren't measures of fact, measures of data, but in fact prognostications, graphs. Well, any you know seventh grade math student can make a graph look any way you want to make it by what factors you fill in when you're predicting the future. So he talks about predicted to, to rise, predicted outcome of this increase in climate change. And then of course he goes to the ever present left-wing accusation of, and because it's we're all xenophobic. 
because we don't care about people who don't look like us. Or we don't care about people who don't live in our country. It is a, he's hysterical, the entire speech, and, and many more uh, comments I can may share with you later, but hysterical, the whole speech, basically saying we're not doing enough, and it's only because everyone who isn't Al Gore or anyone isn't a member of the World Economic Forum doesn't care about people like he does. And to go back to John Kerry's clip, and all it really takes when you're a leftist is money, 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 money. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I mentioned we have Clay Clark joining us. He's joined us uh, numerous times, and we always have these um, conversations that seem like they end in the middle because there's so much more to talk about. Um, and I do have some more things about World Economic Forum, but I'll come back to that. Uh, but Clay Clark is a talk show host uh, among many, many, many things he does. Uh, he is a talk show host based in Tulsa. Um, he is became really prominent talking and writing about uh, encouraging entrepreneurs, how to be successful, how you can, you can be successful running your business. Um, he's also the I don't know if he would call himself the brains behind, but certainly the organizer, the orchestrator behind wonderful tours happening around America, bringing top-notch speakers to communities all around America, basically trying to wake Americans up to what is happening to our country and how close we are to losing this precious country. So uh, he, we're going to talk today, and we're going to start talking about uh, central bank digital currency, CBDC. Um, but with that introduction, let's welcome to the show, Clay Clark. Hi. Hi to you. How are you, sir? I'm honored to be here with you. And I just got off the phone with Peter Navarro, General Flynn, and Eric Trump. And they all told me to tell you hello. I said, I've got to hop off, hop it <laughs> off the TV. But my, my, our world right now, I'm telling you, the Patriots are rallying. They're taking this seriously. And I know your listeners are serious about knowing about these serious subjects. So thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm so glad you are here. And one other thing I want to say for our listeners um, before we dive into all the detail. So... There's so much media in the world controlled by the left or leftist ideology or um, just as leftist thinking. And so a lot of times when stories come out and people on the conservative side will say, well, you know, actually, I'm a little bit concerned about the content of the vaccines. And then you know, as one example among thousands. And so the media will pounce right away. Far right conspiracy theorists, these people are so alarming and they don't know what they're talking about. Don't listen to them. And then over time, the concerns being raised by conservatives go from far right conspiracy theory to you know, it could be true to, wow, look at all the evidence, to, of course, it's true. We all know that. And one thing I want to really praise you for, Clay, and tell our listeners, he's got a piece, uh, uh, Clay Clark does, a piece called The Connection Between CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currency, Vaccine Passports, Nanotechnology, MIT, Epstein, and Gates. And it says, the subtitle, How Do the Freedom-Killing Programmable Central Bank Digital Currencies Work? And the reason I'm telling you this, listeners, is at our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down a list of links. I linked to this, what uh, Clay Clark's team has created, which I printed it out, and it is uh, 14 pages. But what it is and why I love it so much, because the conservative concerns that people have, you have actually linked to... But here's where MIT said this in a statement. Here's where so-and-so, a prominent person, said this. And so instead of being able to dismiss you or others and say, well, that is conspiracy theories, it's just not, not backed by fact, you lay out just a, uh, you know, a, I can't even think of the word, an abundance of evidence to back everything you're saying. I love that, and I urge people to read it. Okay, now. I just want to interject one thing. You know, uh, you get this as an attorney, uh, as a person who does a lot of show prep. I think we should always cite our sources, and everybody, you know, is entitled to have an opinion. But I don't really put a lot of value in opinions. I, I like to support everything I say with facts, and that's the only form of censorship I do at all on the Reawaken America tour events. You've spoken there, and I tell people I'm not going to put give you a teleprompter. I'm not going to tell you what to say. But if I find that you're saying stuff that's not grounded in facts, I'm not going to have you back. And that's just the mindset that uh, General Flynn has because we, we don't have time for speculation. We really need to be looking at facts. I could not agree more. I love that you're saying that. Love you're saying that. Okay, so this, I want to, uh, it, it's all bundled together, but I want to talk about central bank digital currency to start with. No. Because I think we talked about before, I mentioned there are younger people who are not yet concerned enough about government control or overreach that it sounds like just 
won't this be great? We're going to not have to carry around cash and be counting out bills and counting coins. We're just going to have, it's all going to be digital, money be digital. And this is, you know, kind of the wave of the future. And so you, among um, uh, others, are expressing concern about it. And I just want to have you start with that. Central yeah. bank digital currency. currency. Why are you concerned? Well, let me explain how it works. First off, I, I, if, you, if everyone gets out your uh, Google or DuckDuckGo search bar or Brave, whatever, just you, use a, a Google search and type in MIT quantum dots, all right? MIT quantum dots. And everyone needs to read that, draw your own conclusions. I'm summarizing it. But this technology, which is being praised by MIT, would allow you and I to put our information, you know, financial information or vaccination information under the skin. And that is called the quantum dot, MIT quantum dot. Now, the name of the new central bank digital currency is called quant, the CBDC quant. What? It's called the quant. And right now at the World Economic Forum, it is being discussed, and so I will pull up my monitor here to the right because I never want to uh, paraphrase information where it deserves details. So if we go, I'm just looking at pulling this up on my screen over here to my right here. But at the MIT right now, I mean, we're talking today, this is being discussed right now by Neha, N-E-H-A, Neha Narula. She's speaking at the World Economic Forum today about the implementation of the central bank digital currencies, which are called CBDC quants. And she says, it remains to be seen exactly what kind of outcomes CBDCs will have once implemented. This is the Niha Narula, the digital currency initiative director of MIT. So MIT has developed the quantum dot. MIT has developed the CBDCs. The name of the company, the name of the packaging, the company that is rolling out the CBDCs, it's called Quant. And the name of the vaccine passports is called the Quantum Stamp. And that lab, that MIT lab, was funded by Epstein and Gates. So the world's most prolific pedophile teamed up with Bill Gates, who's obsessed with vaccinating everybody. Um, by the way, the same Bill Gates that made the models that said that 2.2 million Americans would die from the virus to create the fear to begin with. And the final note is the spiritual advisor that uh, is advising Bill Gates, that Bill Gates it feels so strongly about that he decided to feature her during his Easter 2020 Microsoft commercial. During the lockdowns, when we couldn't go to church, we were forced to watch this Easter commercial. This Easter commercial uh, features Marina Abramovich, who is a spirit-cooking, satanic, by her own admission, a spirit cooker who has advised the likes of Gwen Stefani. Uh, we're talking about Lady Gaga. We're talking about Jay-Z. And if you go to DuckDuckGo and type in Marina Abramovich spirit cooking, that's the spiritual advisor for Bill Gates, the same Bill Gates that funded the MIT lab that made the quantum dots and it made what's called the CBDCs or the quantum, this is called the quant CBDCs. And they're talking about rolling that out, not soon, but right now. On November 15th, Reuters announced, November 15th, Reuters announced that the New York Fed in conjunction with major U.S. banks was testing the CBDCs and the founder of the quant CBDCs, uh, Viridian, his, his last name is Verdian, last name is Verdian. He, and if you just go to uh, rumble.com and type in quant CEO, you can see this clip, but, but he explains out loud that any type of interoperability issues they would have between ushering in a worldwide central bank digital currency, all those problems were solved in 2018 says the founder of the Quant CBDC. So that's, that's what we're talking about is currency you can turn on or off based upon uh, the tyrannical views of leadership. I love that. And, you know, you are, I also meant, I love when you do that, when you put in, tell people, when you bring up your search bar, here's what to put in. Because as I say, some of the things that are occurring, honestly, most people, uh, even in the you know older generation, uh, might think, well, America's government wouldn't go along with that. Even these crazy people out there, but we're watching what you're describing happening in America. I have a bunch of clips from the things that you sent me, and we may not get to all of them, uh, Clay, but you there was one. This is a really short clip. Uh, so, uh, Emilio, I think this is clip three. It's Max Kaiser and Tucker Carlson. And it's just talking about programmable money. I want to quick have him play that, and then we can talk about that. Yeah. We tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control 
on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. Okay, that was, you know, and Emilio, this is entirely me. I can see I got the numbering off in the clips. The gentleman you just heard is Augustine Carsons. He's a general manager of the Bank of International Settlements. But in plain English, what he's describing is, we can't keep track of you people if you have a $100 bill in your wallet and you go spend it on Reese's Cups or something else that we don't approve of. But once we have central bank digital currency, we'll know exactly, exactly. Well, I want to interject one thing and by the way Gilbert Verdian is the name of the CEO of of Quant CBDC so it's Gilbert Verdian anybody right now if you want to go to uh, rumble.com and just type in Gilbert G-I-L-B-E-R-T Verdian at rumble.com V-E-R-D-I-N-U-D-I-A-N Verdian you can hear what he's saying this is the CEO of Rumble back to the point about the central bank digital currency and I'm not at all arguing with you and or trying to uh, correct it all I just want to clarify this a lot of times when we talk about um, the CBDCs and how they can turn off uh, what you could buy or sell, many people in the mainstream media will say, you know, if they feel like you're using too much gas, they could turn off your central bank digital currency. If you're exceeding your carbon footprint, and and, and and they talk about it as though if we were living an excessive lifestyle, right, they could turn off our central bank digital currencies. What I'm talking about is Yuval Noah Harari, right here. This is this guy, the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. Okay, this is Klaus Schwab. I have my little uh, images so you can see who these people are. Okay, this is Yuval Noah Harari. He's praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, and Gates. This is Klaus Schwab. This guy here, top advisor for uh, Klaus Schwab. He has said that ideally COVID-19 would lead to surveillance under the skin. And someone says, I don't believe that. That's fair. Go to rumble.com and type in surveillance under the skin. Hit enter. You can see him say that, surveillance under the skin. So I want to be very clear. If you don't want to put surveillance under the skin, they'll turn your money off. So we're not even talking about, hey, I want to buy a Reese's peanut butter cup, which I agree with. They'll do that too. But they're saying, if you don't want to put the surveillance under your skin, your money's turned off. We're talking about Mark of the Beast technology. I completely agree. And actually, that on the what you just mentioned about Yuval Harari, we have that one, I think, uh, Mr. Millier. This is, uh, in fact, I've gotten the number off I sent you, but I think the link says, Yuval Harari says, COVID accelerated the process of digitalization, blah, blah, blah. And it's a very short clip. Can you quick play that? This is Yuval Harari. Though, sorry. Like the Bank of England already prepared their microchip implant RFID chip. No, I'm sorry. We're on the wrong ones. I'm just going to have to stop that. Okay, I'm very sorry. I got the numbers off. But you, what you're saying, uh, Clay, your point about Yuval yeah. Harari, he says COVID accelerated the process of digitalization, legitimizes deploying mass surveillance and makes the surveillance go under your skin. And he is, back to our World Economic Forum discussion, uh, top advisor to the head of the World Economic Forum and happy. <laughs> yes. And, right. um, and, and very not... He's not warning people like, you might not like this very much. They're warning about, they have the technology right now. The technology exists right now uh, to put a, a, um, a little, another one of the clips we have, I guess we're not going to use our clips, but the sm a small little piece under your skin that right. is going to be able to tell them where you stand in terms of your cooperation oh. on uh, on the uh, COVID vaccines. Go ahead. You're wanting well, to if anybody wants to see these clips, and I know there's a lot of clips, and, and uh, you know, a lot of times when you produce so many great shows, sometimes the numbers get off, so I want people to be able to find these. If you go to uh, rumble.com, okay? And you just type in CBDCs, CBDCs on rumble.com or Twitter today, CBDCs. And just type in CBDCs. Uh, my team and I have been diligently behind the scenes uploading now over 300 clips, separate clips that explain to you how the central bank digital currencies work. And the great thing, Debbie, is we don't say any of the words. It's in the words of the actual people. You've all know a Harari and Gilbert Verdi, and they're telling people out loud now their agenda. And I will say this, when I first met you, I was invited to a wonderful uh, women's event, a women's conservative event in Dallas. I had a chance to meet you and Simone Gold and so many great conservative women there. And you could feel the presence. I call it the Holy Spirit, but people that love the Lord, that love freedom. And the Bible instructs us that where there is the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. That's a biblical idea that where the Spirit yes, of the Lord, sir. there is freedom. And the Bible instructs us 365 times, 365 times to not give in to the spirit of fear. Okay. So what we have right now is you have Klaus Schwab 
Schwab rolling out this thing called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. He calls it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. That's that's what he calls it, the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, well, in the book of Daniel, Daniel talked about the Fourth Kingdom and a time where there would be uh, somebody would try to mix the miry clay with iron, a.k.a. man with machine. So this whole transhumanism agenda is very biblical. And I mentioned your event because when I was at your event, I could I could sense the spirit of the Lord. I could sense the spirit of freedom. Some of the salt of the earth people were there. And if you watch these videos, which they are not, they're not hiding anymore on YouTube today. You can go to World Economic Forum on YouTube right now, and you can watch what they are saying out loud. They are now doing what Hitler did in his final stages before he launched final genocide. People forget this. Adolf Hitler spoke in thinly veiled uh, motivational slash uh, – quasi-scary narratives but leading up to his rise of the Third Reich. But once he felt he had power, Debbie, he began to, pride began to fill him, and he began to tell people what he was going to do before he did it without any apology. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, they began telling people, this is what we're going to do. And this is what you're seeing right now at the World Economic Forum. You are seeing people now tell you, we are going to implement CBDCs. It is going to happen. And it's going to happen, and here we go. Get ready for it. And that's where we're at right now, and I'm, I'm very honored and excited and fired up today. I want to encourage people. I'm starting to see people like Eric Trump posting on Twitter about Klaus Schwab. Great job. I'm seeing people like Dan Bongino now posting about Klaus Schwab. Great job, Dan Bongino. I'm seeing people like Glenn Beck posting about Klaus Schwab. And I appreciate people like yourself that were courageous to talk about this thing before it became popular. But now you're starting to see some of the voices that are, you know, household names talking about the World Economic Forum. And it's just, it's great to see people waking up and I hope we can wake up enough people in time. I really do too, sir. And Clay, I don't know if we, um, uh, I, I, I'm kind of bothered honestly by these clips because I, I, I grabbed a bunch of them and I want to be sure for people, because I, I, what you're saying is exactly right. And Again, for our listeners, you can go to all these clips at our website or at Clay's website, but at ours, it's at americacommunity.org, homepage shows, drop down a list of links and listen to all these yourself. But the clip that played in the beginning, what I, I, I want to hit C, talk just a little bit about CBDC and how it's tied to the vaccines and, and yeah. tied to the, the whole notion of your, your future freedom. I thought the first clip was, and now I've turned the guy's name away, but the, the gentleman who was talking about why they think these are so great to have, it was this Augustine Carson's. It came from actually your your guest, um, Catherine Austin Fitz, oh, uh, had a link to him, general, general manager of the Bank of International Settlements. I mean, I just, that that basic point, these this control just of your money is intended to control your freedom. Well, let me do this. I'm going to play a, an audio clip, which I, I know that I can I can do on on this end, and and maybe yeah. this we can start there. But Catherine Austin Fitz was asked, um, and again, someone says, "Well, who's Catherine Austin Fitz?" She um, is a famous investment banker. Okay, and I'm going to hold up a picture of Klaus Schwab as I hit play, so you can listen to her while thinking about Klaus Schwab. Here we go, folks. If you're going to bring in CBDCs, you've got you've you know nobody wants to be a slave, so so everybody's going to ultimately object. Mm. or most people are going to object to CBDCs, but if you literally control the food and energy supply, you've got them cornered. The Federal Reserve is considering a digital dollar. This is Steve Forbes talking now. The implications for privacy and freedom are frightening. But central bank digital money is ominous. The downside of governments being able to track digitally every single product or service you buy and sell is chilling. This is Richard Werner, the top academic scholar in the world on central banking. The nature of the CBDC, what, what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Right. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. He saw it. Um, and it was around this, this large and would be... CBDC. This is Tucker Carlson. If that happens, we're done. So you might have missed what happened Wednesday afternoon at the Fed. But they started their CBDC. Maybe we should start having the conversation of, gosh, this looks like the mark of the beast. COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization. This is Yuval Noah Harari. It legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance 
and it makes surveillance go under your skin. Nobody wants to know what's in the vaccine because, look, if people... This is Steve Kirsch. There's still what's in the vaccine. They go apeshit. Okay, here we go, one more. And you see, this is Klaus Schwab. ...of this post-industrial uh, revolution is, it doesn't change what you are doing, it changes you. CBDC is uh, this is, this no is the This is the founder of Quant. Fictional concept. Um, these are real. Um, they, they are happening. Uh, it's, it's really driven from the top down. It's not just the central banks, but the governments of, of countries are putting policy out there saying, we will have a CBDC. So you're starting, mean, they're, they're saying these things out loud here. Um, and I just hope that there is a remnant of politicians. I, I'm seeing people like Jim Jordan. I'm seeing people like, uh, I'd say, I'd say Jim Jordan is very strong. I'd say Matt Gates. I would say uh, Josh Hawley. You know, there's a handful of politicians that are willing to speak up about some of these issues. And what is concerning to me and also encouraging, Debbie, as as we do these Reawaken America tour events, that's why we do these, by the way, I go to these events and I'll see some of these bigger name politicians sometimes come to these events. I'll see some of them backstage or I'll I'll, I'll connect with them over the phone or I'll hear, and, and I, I consistently hear that our elected officials don't know anything about central bank digital currencies if it wasn't for the presentations of some of the speakers at the Reawaken America Tour event. I mean, they're just these, these subjects that would end our freedom as we know it just simply are not discussed in Congress. It's crazy. It is crazy. And that's actually good to come to the next point I want to make. I had all those clips you were just talking about. I guess we just got off track. Amelia and I did and getting them in the right order. But so we know all this is happening. And this the importance of this is just not that they're doing these things, that they're talking about them at some conference in Davos. And we can think, well, you know, they, they're nefarious and they've got a big plot for the world. But it's how many people in America are amenable to it? How many people in our own government are amenable to it? Right. And even if they don't run on that, they obviously don't run campaigns saying, yeah, I'm going to get right on board with the World Economic Forum and we're going to CBDC. But some of the ideas are being sold to Americans as progress and they are embraced by many people on uh, in government right now one great example um, Joe Biden put out his executive his uh, executive order last year and I don't know what it was October November talking about central bank digital currency how it was going to be a great thing and right. how it was going to and so we're going to carefully step into it be, be carefully regulated so we don't end up with I mean he talked about it like like it was something they were just barely beginning to understand, but don't worry, we'll figure it out, we'll make it safe. Um, and then they started launching it now, and people read that, and they don't have any reason to think differently. They think, well, you know, maybe it's just a step in progress. So uh, within America, I'm glad to hear Jim Jordan seems to be uh, tuned into it. I feel like it's one of those issues that the reason I want to talk about it on my show and your show and other places, because you have to have enough of a mass of public awareness right. to push people in Congress to see it's real it's dangerous, and you better do something about it. Well, you know, what's happening, I want to be very clear, is as we saw the COVID lockdowns begin, what do we see going up? 5G towers. There was a lockdown, 5G towers. What? 5G towers. How does 5G towers connect to this? Well, you see, Charles Lieber was a Harvard scientist who made 66 patents, all right, 66 patents, many of which involved connecting humans to 5G by injecting, fi by injecting mRNA modifying nanotechnology under your skin. So if you put an mRNA-modifying nanotechnology shot under your skin, you're now generating a MAC score or a media access code. So that would be the whole CBDC system where it's cryptocurrency under your skin couldn't work unless there were 5G towers everywhere. So how long does it take to lay out the plans to put 5G towers everywhere? Years. How long did it take to make these patents? Years. How long did it take to convince the vast majority of Americans to put this technology under their skin? Uh, a couple of years. So you're seeing an acceleration of this agenda right now. And as people are debating whether it's happening or not, meanwhile, it is happening. So what we need to understand is everybody needs to understand there are four facts that we need to get today. One, the quantum dot is a technology made by MIT. That's a fact to store your financial information or any information under your skin. The second is MIT developed the CBDCs. Three, the name of this new CBDC currency is called the quant. Four, the quantum stamp is the name of the vaccine passports. And a little bonus fry for you. They have to create a problem before they introduce a solution. 
So you've now seen what happened. FTX collapsed. Oh, wow, this cryptocurrency collapsed. It's not stable. We should regulate it. You're seeing hyperinflation. Oh, man, the currency is collapsing. We need to regulate it to stabilize it. And now you're seeing, oh, Bank of America today. Guess what's happening? They're having a hard time balancing everyone's accounts. Oh, no. Well, now we have this problem. We need to solve it. And the only way to solve it is by having this open ledger where we track every purchase that's ever made by anybody ever. And so we can verify it's not you. When you get on the airplane, we need to scan your face, scan your retina, scan your hand. To verify it's you, you need to scan your face, scan your retina, scan your hand, and we need to put this technology under your skin. So before you can board the airplane, before you can make a purchase, we just need to put this under your skin so we can verify that you are you. So for your safety and security, no one can take advantage of you and your wallet. That's what's happening. So now we are going to see a what I would call a financial crisis You'll see this being engineered. I'm not prophetic. I just understand how they work. You're going to start to see a financial crisis that will be introduced. And as many conservatives are debating whether it's happening or not, the the Luciferians, the globalists, they don't care. They're going to implement this system. And unless it, your listeners and people like you continue to share the truth, we are going to be in a bad spot. But I'll say people today, I, I'm just in this past week as we head to Nashville for the Reawaken tour, I'm having a lot of people that thought I was crazy two years ago reach out to me and say, Wow, you guys were correct. And so if anybody goes to timetofreeamerica.com, we're going to be taking this reawakened tour to uh, Doral, Trump Doral in May. And then we're taking it to the Trump International Hotel in uh, in August, the Trump International Hotel in August. And the reason why we let people name their price to these events there, Debbie, is because there's a lot of conservative events that are $2,000 to attend, you know, $250 a plate, and you get three hours. And we want people to have completely unfiltered access to, to Laura Logan and Mikeovitz and Catherine Austin Fitz. And that's what this is all about. We, we've got to get this information. we got to put the profit motive aside for a minute, maybe for a decade, and focus on saving our country. Okay, let me ask you this, Clark, and then I'll let you go. Two things. One is, so if you had everyone in Congress aware yeah. that what, what of everything you're describing, what are they supposed to do? I mean, well, I'd be, I guess ban CBDC. Go ahead. If I was if I was a Trump advisor and Trump was in the White House or I was an advisor to somebody who had the power, I would say they really do three things today. One, we need to ban the use of putting RNA modifying nanotechnology shots under your skin. That's one. Ban the use of that. Two, ban the use of 5G towers. Why? They emit uh, signals that are dangerous. They connect the whole CBDC network together without those 5G towers that can't work. And third, I would continue to make hydroxychloroquine ivermectin and budesonide as you broke that story budesonide i would make that as you you and dr richard bartlett broke that budesonide works story i would make budesonide ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine available over the counter again ban the use of rna modifying nanotechnology aka the COVID shots and i would remove those 5g towers that's what needs to happen is an emergency st full stop because this whole system if it goes in place i don't know that you can take it out of place that was my last and parting and unfortunate uh, thought was, it's very difficult. It's one of those things that if it really gets all set in place as they're intending, people talking about World Economic Forum, plenty of people in our own government are up for it. It's very hard to backpedal back out of it. And I will tell you, I, I'm going to go on my next segment. I'll just close it with this. Um, I don't know if you saw on um, uh, the piece that Victor Davis Hansen did that relates to um, the... Um, uh, he called it the coup that we never knew or something like that. But he's talking about all these things happening in the world, all these things happening. And no one in America voted for this. No one, you know, we, we never agreed to this. And this is one of them. No one in the world actually agreed, agreed to, signed on for, asked for yeah. uh, this kind of what, what's happening. And there is a, a need for that spirit of American liberty, that concept of, of founding of America that says we actually have consent of the government here in America. We have rights. And you have to see, even though it's kind of an invisible enemy at this point, this is one way in which that's taken away. So, Clay Clark, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And I encourage everyone to go to time2freeamerica.com to get the facts cited on today's show and get those tickets for the Reawaken America Tour. Okay, sir. Thank you so much. Okay, friends. Uh, so I want to tell you, Clay Clark, I, I do want to urge you again to go to that website. Or go to our website or his, Time to Free America. But get that information that he is describing that is, it literally lists every single 
possible. Uh, every time he talks about a topic, he links, and I'm, I'm very frustrated because they had wonderful links all lined up today, and we just didn't get them rolling in the correct order. But we had links talking about these are what he's describing, the desire to have a central bank digital currency so you no longer really have control of your money. The government has control of your money, They can, and your money is in digital form, and they can say, you know, as a, your your money is good, what you just earned is only good through the end of 2024, and then it's no longer good. I mean, they're controlling your money. They're controlling through what they talk about, wanting to implant under your skin. Uh, one of those many things, again, that the uh, leftists in this country uh, and the media in this country mocked and say, oh, for crying out loud, these are vaccines to save lives. They have nothing to do with uh, trying to track your behavior. And actually, MIT has pointed out and advocated for it and described it. People in the um, Uval Harari, who's advising World Economic Forum, he's talking about it and advocating for it, describing it not. So these are real life things happening to real people who are um, uh, who are advocating for it. All the stories out there, all you really are stuck with, unfortunately, is the left saying that they just cannot, that they they deny it until the point where they're, where they're doing it. And as Clay alluded to, we were going to talk about that too, but... Uh, banks in America have already started. They've already have acknowledgement. Banks in America have started experimenting with central bank digital currency, kind of a private experiment, see how they do it, and experimenting with the digital implant so that you don't really have to have anything uh, that you present or you're, you're readable with an implant uh, on your skin, both with respect to uh, COVID vaccinations and your financial status and everything else about you. I mean, these things are so dystopian is a mild word. These are things that no one ever elected um, and no one ever chose. And if people understood, they wouldn't want. But that's where we are in America today. So my last uh, segment today, I'm going to hit probably a little more on the um, World Economic Forum because it kind of all ties together. Um, but the, um, the World Economic Forum is filled with these people who think that they are you know, kind of the leaders of the world, the smart guys, the, you know, the John Kerry's of the world, they're the ones who are leading, you know, they're the extraterrestrials and, and, you know, they're going to be the ones who are smarter than everybody else. And so they're, they're planning for their, their eventual, you know, the, the ultimate breakdown, the sovereign uh, nation, the individual nation, the kind of rise of the globalists and them being really in charge of everything. And so we're, you know, we mere mortals are supposed to just wait to be told uh, who's in charge. There's a lot of that that is very much like, you know, back in the founding of America, prior to America's founding, you know, King George had absolute power, kind of on a whim. He could change a policy, impose a Stamp Act, uh, ex you know, exacerbate the impact of the Stamp Act. He could do anything because there was no representative government and there was no ob obligation he had to listen to anything that the colonists said. Very, very, very frustrating um, and for the colonists who finally led them to the idea, you know, we're just we're going to declare our independence. We are not going to be um, uh, we're not going to be um, ha having the, our lives governed by this foreign uh, power that we never chose. But I want you to think how similar that is to what's happening today. What is happening with the rise of the World Economic Forum, the globalist movement, that and these many powerful Americans and leaders around the world. I didn't want to call them leaders. These are egotists around the world who gather to decide we're going to solve everything. We're going to solve digital currency and climate change and, and plagues and droughts and COVIDs and viruses. We're going to solve it all. And even though they don't have sovereign authority, it's how they're acting. They're acting like they do. They're acting like they are the ones who are going to be deciding everything. So I'm saying all this to say um, in America, and I, I've been using this expression, I'm going to be talking about it more and more. We have to learn here in 2023 and moving forward, it's kind of a rebirth of the understanding of the idea of freedom. That is what we need in America, a rebirth of the understanding of the idea of freedom and what it means in 2023 and going forward, what it means for people uh, who want to live in freedom as America promised, what are the challenges to our freedom? We have to re-engage with the idea of having governance with the consent of the governed. And that's an idea from the Declaration, the idea that you just don't have an obligation to follow the whims of the, you know, the global elites, the people who are uh, jetting around the world and telling you you shouldn't drive your car anymore, but they can jet around the world to talk about climate change. 
these people really are a rising threat, uh, even though they're meeting in Davos and they're not here in America and they weren't elected by us because their ideas are being sold and taught and believed in and embraced uh, by many in the American government, including uh, he who occupies the White House and many, many leftists in Washington and frankly, many people in government who aren't even on the radical left. So I called this third segment today. Uh, I want to talk about Soros and his involvement in all this. So uh, there's a great organization, the Media Research Center, um, and the head of it uh, is um, just a, an extraordinary, smart, great guy um, who did a study, um, Brent Bozell, that did a study about how Soros-owned organizations, uh, George Soros, you know, radical leftist, hates America, hates religion, hates freedom, hates capitalism, and most of all, he hates the idea America is the dominant power in the world. So George Soros, um, you know, a billionaire of extraordinary wealth, um, has a, you know his own organization, and then he has satellite organizations followed by satellite organizations. So it's very hard to trace all the money he puts in to various uh, places to push his globalist, socialist governance agenda. That's what he wants. He wants the World Economic Forum type agenda where the world is controlled by a bunch of ruling elites and and the people really have nothing to say for themselves do not have representative government do not are, are not any longer governed. Uh, there's not consent of the governed as, as a founding idea so um, Brent Bazell and Media Research Center looked into the money that George Soros is funneling to these organizations directly to global media and I know we talked on the show before, it matters a lot. Other ways that George Soros is fighting desperately to take America down. He is fighting by funding district attorneys races, election departments, all sorts of officials, getting people in place who are with his mission of taking down America, who do want to reject the idea of America as a noble, straight, uh, sovereign nation state, who want to reject America, the idea of fair elections, who want to encourage the um, the loss of civil society and law and order. So they he puts people in the district attorneys who won't prosecute cases, who continue to dumb down crime and allow more and more crime to occur with no prosecution. He's active in the criminal justice arena, George Soros is. He's active in the arena of getting election officials, such as what we have, the situation we have right now um, in um I get the two states mixed up. Um, the uh, woman who ran the um, Secretary of State, who ran the uh, for governor um, in um, Colorado, and she uh, is now. As you know, Katie Hobbs is Arizona. She, Katie Hobbs, total Soros-funded Soros um, leftist, you know, anti-American leftist. Uh, same in Colorado. All these election officials who ignore the law, who won't enforce the law, who allow election fraud to occur, funded by George Soros. But a whole new arena. Uh, which I hadn't thought about until I read this, but George Soros is also, through his organizations, funding, he's actually funding media. He funds CNN, NBC, CBS, Bloomberg, NPR, Washington Post. They get money from Soros. And so all these organizations that hold themselves out as having journalistic integrity, who are bringing the truth to you to help you understand the world, and they don't report anything like what Clay Clark was just talking about. They don't report anything about what is really happening at the World Economic Forum and the power they intend to exert over the things are reported uh, in these kind of media sources because they're getting money from George Soros because George Soros doesn't want those kinds of things reported. So um, this was a, a big, I thought was a really big discovery. George Soros is now tied to at least 54 influential media figures through something like 254 various groups. And so he uses the money he has and his, his uh, foundation funnels it to the next uh, tier of organizations and they funnel it to the next tier of organizations. And essentially they end up funneling money and no one's the wiser. I mean, maybe CNN will get the money or PBS or others get the money. They know it's kind of coming from Soros, but we don't know. It was a tremendous research job by Brent Bozell and the Media Research Center to even find this money, to realize that is what uh, George Soros is doing. But the, the consequence of that, the consequence of the idea uh, that we in America actually no longer um, can even, even mildly 
think that we can trust our media. Uh, it, it's just, it, it couldn't be more important to understand that because I'm going to tell you folks, I think you hear stories in shows like mine. You hear stories on shows like mine that talk about the central bank digital currency uh, and tied to having implant under your skin, which is developed by MIT, that will report your financial status. It'll be where your money is is, is controlled from. It'll be where, what dictates how much money you have. It'll be under the control of the government. All these things sound so far right, so, um, I don't even know uh, what word to call them, so far right, um, so extreme that um, do you think, well, that's not really happening? Come on, that is not really happening because I don't read it anywhere else. I don't read it on PBS, CNN, Washington Post, but I urge you to understand the kind of stealth attack on America and on freedom that is happening right before our eyes in the World Economic Forum, right before our eyes and the kind of plans that they are laying out for CBDC, uh, having digital currency. facets of what we could have talked about with Clay Clark today that we didn't get to, but I do want to urge you to recognize these are real attacks on America. They really, and someday when you wake up and you realize, hey, wait a minute, uh, the government now has all of my financial information, my health care information, everything embedded under my skin, and I had to do it in order to get my freedom. You'd be thinking that, you know, right now you're thinking that never could happen. When it does happen, if we don't stop this kind of monstrous agenda coming out of the World Economic Forum and out of the Soros's of the world, the whole the whole big cabal of the uh, socialist globalist agenda, when it does happen, you'll be thinking, well, why didn't someone warn us? Why didn't we know about this? And so I urge you to read sources like the, I told you it's at our website. I can't urge you strongly enough to go and read it, which is at our website, americakimmytalk.org, and on the homepage under shows, drop down a list of links. It links to all the stories that you heard Clay Clark laying out, links to all those stories, and then it just not, it doesn't, it has like a one line telling you, and then it tells you, here, click, click and read here. Many of the things he puts up are not him talking about it or a talk show guest talking about it. It's about the, from the actual source, like the German banker I mentioned, who's talking about how great it's going to be to have central bank digital currency. He's talking about how great it'll be. And, and Yuval Harari, who works directly for the World Economic Forum, has spoken about people as injectable units, that people are no longer individuals, no longer with a soul, no longer with an identity other than their injectable units to be controlled. All this stuff, I'm fully aware, and I'm probably uh, repeating it too often, but I want to make really clear, I know how this stuff sounds extreme. It sounds, and, and I, in the very beginning, when people were concerned about the content of the vaccines and what was really in there, and now we're watching all the stories evolve of died suddenly and massive numbers of people dying suddenly, unexpectedly, and, uh, and people were warning about the vaccines. Well, back when they were warning about them, and the vaccines are, they were rushed to production. They, they are among the few vaccines when you open the package, as a doctor is supposed to be able to do to open a package of any vaccine, you open the package that contains a vaccine and there's a paper you unfold and open. We showed this uh, a few weeks ago and every other vaccine has ever been lists all the content of the vaccine, all of it. And for all the COVID vaccines, the page is a big fat blank. In fact, the middle of it says intentionally left blank. So people concerned about the COVID vaccines first were the ones being mocked and ridiculed and now are the ones who are saying, yeah, look what's happening. We're watching far too many people uh, die suddenly, unexpected deaths occurring in just, just inexplicable numbers um, and, and all sorts of other data around the world. In fact, one quick uh, data point uh, I read about recently, uh, Naomi Wolf, who was one of the people who got a hold of the, when the Pfizer, uh, Moderna, the Pfizer company was forced to release their uh, test data regarding the vaccines they developed. Um, I didn't call them vaccines, they're just jabs, the, the uh, Pfizer jab um, for COVID. And Pfizer was forced by a court to release all the data regarding their trials. And that data, which they tried to hide from the American people, said they couldn't release it for 75 years. The court order, they had to release it. Naomi Wolf created a book. She wrote a book about all, she hired a team of experts. I mean, it was, I don't even like 30 or 40 people or more 
to look into what Pfizer actually released, what they told people had happened uh, in their trials with this vaccine. The results were horrific. There's no way, once they saw how dangerous the vaccines were, that they should have continued pushing them and producing them, but they did. And so Naomi Wolf has a book out describing all the dangers and now evidence of the dangers of the vaccines, including one really heartbreaking one, which is the birth rate around the world. The birth rate around the world is down 20%. I mean, that's staggering, staggering. And she has much more data in there. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, today was a, I, I wanted, I want to actually wrap up with a couple of things about World Economic Forum because I want you to see them not just as a bunch of preposterous people proposing things we don't like, but these people think they are. They are the next, you know, um, ruling elite of the world. They're kind of, they think of themselves as post-nation state, post the need for individual countries to have individual governments like America has our government and other countries have their form of government. They think of themselves as the smartest people in the room or on the planet, the ones with the obligation not only to identify issues that the world is facing, but to spell out the solutions. They're going to be the ones, they're going to say what the solutions are. And um, it, it's just a, um, it's just staggering. I don't even know what words to say. I mean, they are um, laying out their plans for foisting digital currency on you, foisting vaccine passports in the form of this injectable little thing you'll have, you'll have under your skin. They are on every issue facing the world. They are there posing their radical, you know, kind of one world government idea, how we're going to solve this. And I know many people think the World Economic Forum is just filled with really bright people. All they're trying to do is help. But what they're trying to do is bring control over you and over the American people and being alert to it really matters because that's going to, it's going to be what was needed in order to stop uh, their agenda in America and ultimately stop their agenda in the world. So, um, I could go do more, I probably will tomorrow on the uh, World Economic Forum. Uh, tomorrow, I'll quickly tell you that our Thursday show, we always have a guest in studio. Our Thursday show, uh, we have Jackie Deason joining us. She is a longtime host of Jackie Daily, which is a great show dedicated to energy policy on Blaze. She's been on Blaze Media for a long time. She's a longtime Washington, D.C. policy expert on energy, on the law, and in Washington and in Texas. And she's going to be talking to us mainly about ESG and what that really means, which is uh, just an enormously consequential thing that uh, the powers that be are trying to inflict. Uh, they, in fact, are inflicting on us. Uh, ESG, uh, why is there an energy shortage? Is it all Putin's fault? Uh, is it all Ukraine's fault? Um, and so she's going to be a great uh, show on energy. So tune in tomorrow at 3 uh, for Jackie Deason. And for the rest of us, we're going to turn, as we do at the close of every show, by, to tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we first talked about today, um, extraterrestrial John Kerry, the World Economic Forum, World Economic Forum 2023 in Davos, arrogance and elitism on display on steroids. John Kerry congratulates himself on being one of a small group of human beings gathered together to save us all from destroying the planet. Pfizer CEO, astonishing, he can show his face in public, Pfizer CEO Borla dares to show his face as died suddenly explodes around the world as live birth rates reportedly drop 20% around the world and physicians are pointing to the vaccines as the cause. U.S. Secretary of Labor claims a labor shortage in the U.S. that requires more immigrants, more than the millions we've already brought in illegally so far in this country. Al Gore demonizes intolerant xenophobic Americans for not bowing to the climate gods. High-class prostitutes, I didn't get to this story, they have a record showing up in Davos of prostitutes, which goes with the mindset they are the ruling elite. They're like the king that needs concubines. They're so self-important. High-class prostitutes gathering to service these masters of the universe. How is this different from Old Testament kings and concubines? Americans must relearn the still radical concepts of individual freedom and limited government by consent of the governed, not mass subservience to a ruling elite. And on Soros, 131 million to global media, Brent Bazell's Media Research Center has compiled the data. George Soros, millions distributed to the pockets of media figures around the world, buying proliferation and protection of left-wing propaganda, works hand-in-hand -hand with big tech social media censorship. 
opinion and commentary controlled through outright censorship, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, shaping opinion through skewed search results, Google and Bing. Ruling class efforts to create truth and suppress truth are as old as the human condition. Tools for doing so in the 21st century are more subtle, ubiquitous, and sophisticated than ever. Alertness and discernment are critical to the survival of freedom. That's why alternative, uncompromised media voices like America Can We Talk are so important. And that, come back to me, I think. Yeah, come back to me, yeah. <laughs> We've had a really hard time. I'm just gonna tell your friends on this. I'm doing my show from home today. We've had a really hard time in the connection in a variety of ways. Uh, you know, I guess it's very frustrating, but um, I'm still grateful for uh, me having a studio at home. I'm having Clay Clark join me and be able to do my show, America Can We Talk. I do America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Talk truth about America. Can you hear us now?